Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 182. And I'm doing a decluttering Q&A about toys and decluttering toys because these are just some questions that I've gotten recently. I love it when I get questions from you guys. I put them in a special folder and that is um, what I go to when I need some podcast ideas. So anyway, I'm happy to talk about this subject. Um, Before I do that, I want to make sure that you do know that I have books Unless it's your very first podcast, I can't imagine how you wouldn't know that. But um, I, I get asked specific questions so many times, and my answer is so often, you need to read the book. You know, I mean, there's obviously 180 something podcasts that you can listen to, and you can look at um, blog posts and all that kind of stuff. But the books talk you through the process. So I'm specifically talking about decluttering at the speed of life. I have a chapter in there about decluttering kids rooms, um, you know, play spaces, that kind of stuff. I talk about playrooms and things like that in there. I also um, talk about helping your kids declutter with you. So anyway, just want to make sure that you know that that exists. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book or just look up Dana K. White, wherever you like to buy books. Okay, so here's my first question. This is someone else's question, not my question. You got that right? Okay. I'm trying to declutter using the container method and I have to keep reminding myself to just get rid of stuff without worrying about organizing it, but without knowing how I'm going to organize it, I don't know what size my container is, specifically my kids' toys. We have some in the bedroom and some in the living and dining room. So basically I'm stuck not knowing how to purge down to what fits in the container because I don't know what my container is going to be yet until I know what's left. Okay. Um, I want you to remember what I talked about in last week's podcast, which can you tell any difference? I have a new microphone that I bought. I didn't find it, whatever. Anyway, I hope it's better, the sound. Um, But remember last week's podcast where I talked about there's no right or wrong way to declutter. And I get what's going on here. Okay. Here's the thing. I know I'm, um, I'm supposed to declutter, just get rid of stuff without worrying about organizing. Okay. Um, but she's equating organizing with having a container. Okay. With a container being an organizational tool, a container in the container concept, the way that I teach it is not an organizational tool. It's a decluttering tool. Now I know I've already confused most of you. Let me explain what I'm talking about. Okay. Here's where this is getting messed up. Okay. I, my advice is to just declutter. Don't get organized. Just pull the stuff out. The way that you would do that is to ask yourself the decluttering questions. Okay. And, you know, pull out the trash first. So you are decluttering when you're getting trash out of there, especially if we're talking about kids areas, because there's always trash in there. Okay. So let's say you walk into your kid's room 
and or you have a certain corner of the kids room and I am going to declutter this space. Number one step is to pull out the trash. Okay. If there is any less in that space than there was when you started, you have officially decluttered. You're not done, but you've decluttered. Okay. Then you take out easy stuff. You look for things that are not supposed to be in that space. They already have some home elsewhere in the house. Like, I don't know. Um, office supplies that kids have somehow, you know, taken to their own room and they were never supposed to, I don't know, whatever. But you take those things to their established home elsewhere in the house. Okay. Doesn't require any kind of, um, um, angst or any kind of decision-making or anything to think about necessary at all, really, other than, oh, well, this doesn't go here. It goes there. There's no questions being asked. It's just a completely obvious in your face kind of a thing. So you take those things out. Now we've removed two layers of things, the trash and the easy stuff. So there's less in this space than there was before. Okay. Which means it is decluttered. It is not finished, finished, but you have decluttered. Okay. You keep going through the steps. Um, the next step being duh clutter. Okay. So that's going to be stuff that you just, as you go through, you're like, well, of course I don't need this. Okay. I mean, uh, I mean, why do we have this? Or the kids never play with this. They don't even like this toy, whatever. Obviously a lot of times kids have emotional attachments to things that they didn't remember they had when they see it in the process of decluttering. But generally there are at least some things that everybody can agree need to go, you know, even if it's outgrown clothing or, um, you know, baby toys or whatever, those things need to go broken toys, trash bag. Okay. Um, but as we pull those things out, this, the space is going to have so much less stuff in it, that it is comparatively organized. Don't ever forget that my whole thing in saying just declutter, don't get organized is that by decluttering only by pulling out trash and easy stuff and does a space looks, functions, feels more organized. Okay. So it is already, it's not organized yet officially, but it functions more organized. And often if you can purge and purge and purge down to just the bare minimum, then yeah, as long as you can reach into a space, if you can open a space, look inside, see what you need, be able to get to it without moving a bunch of other stuff or anything else. That's pretty much what we're talking about with being organized, right? Okay. Um, then we go through the decluttering questions. The point in that is also to get things out of that space. So the first decluttering question is, if I needed this item, where would I look for it first? As you pull that item out, it doesn't, the reason you're pulling it out of there is it doesn't belong in this space. It wasn't easy. It wasn't a duh, but it doesn't belong in this space. And so you pull it out and you ask yourself, where would I look for this first? and you take it there right now. Okay. Now this is where we're getting into the whole container issue, but hold on just a second. Okay. So you take it there right now. Um, if you can't answer that first question, then you ask the second question. And if you couldn't answer the first question, most likely the answer to the second question is, um, uh, that you would never have looked for it. The question, the second decluttering question is, um, if I needed this item, would it ever occur to me that I already had one, which means you never would have gone looking for it. So anyway, that goes in the donate box. All right. So we've gone through our stuff. We have, um, purged, 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 and then you're at the container step. Okay. All of those things are just removing items. Okay. So there's so 
there's the vast majority of the decluttering that happens before we even get to the container concept. Okay. We're just pulling stuff out. We're not resorting and we're not moving. Now we are taking things to the first place where we would look for it. And that space, you may feel like I need some sort of a tub or a container or whatever here. Okay. But remember, if you're taking one thing at a time, which it can be more than one thing, if you're going all to the same, they're all going to the same place. But as you take things to the place where you would look for it first, Remember, the goal here is to not work on that space. It's to go back to decluttering on the space you were working on. So the way that you don't get distracted is you say, okay, I need to just make enough space in this place where I would look for it first. Um, and so I'm just going to remove one trash or easy thing, whatever, that can come out of here to make space for that. Okay. But let's all think about something. When I say, where would you look for it first? When I ask myself that question, I'm not asking myself the room. I'm asking myself where in the room, if the room was not crazy pants, would I look for this? If the room was not a total disaster, where would I look for this item first? Okay. Which means I'm talking about a certain cabinet or a certain bin or a certain drawer within that room. Okay. So I'm not just putting stuff in the room. I'm putting it in a certain place. And here's where the container concept comes into this. You already have containers the way I'm talking about container concepting. Okay. The container concept is not bins and buckets. The container concept is accepting the reality that whatever space you already have is the limit to how much stuff you can have. And I could be wrong here. You could be the exception. Okay. When I say you, I'm talking to everybody because this question, super common, normal question. Okay. I'm not like talking to one specific person, but I'm saying one of you listening to this podcast could legitimately be the exception to the rule. Okay. It's very possible. And I acknowledge that but 99.999999999999% of you already have some sort of containers in your home for toys. Whatever they are, whether they're fancy systems that you thought were going to solve all your problems, or whether they are the built-in shelf that already exists in this place where toys end up. Okay. And that's the first place you would look for them. Whether they're a drawer in your kid's dresser, whether they're the top shelf of the closet, whether they are, um, I don't know, um, cute little shopping bags that you've, you know, at some point, you know, that that's where the kids, um, poly pockets or whatever go. I don't know, but I am, I am going to go out on a limb here and say that most of you, most of us, me included, I had containers for the toys. It's not that I didn't, I just couldn't fit them all in there. I mean, I had some sort, whether it was a perfect, real official toy organization system or not, if I'm thinking of containers as the size of this drawer is the limit to how much stuff can go in this drawer or even, you know, the size of the bed with stuffed animals piled on top of it is a container. 
the size of the bed is a container that also has to fit my child who needs to be able to sleep in it at night. Okay. So we can only keep as many stuffed animals. If that's actually the sustainable way to keep stuffed animals, we can only keep as many as will fit on this bed without being crazy and with my child having room to sleep at night. Okay. Um, obviously that's for older children. Babies aren't supposed to sleep with stuffed animals, whatever. Anyway. Um, but, but that, that's, that's the thing is look at the existing spaces that the toys are already in and view that as the container and then go through the whole process of getting the trash out, getting all that kind of, um, getting the easy stuff out of there, all that. And then legitimately, it is absolutely true that you, most of us with these clutter issues, okay, this was me completely, have may, way more, even once everything is in the first place where I would look for it, there's way more there than will actually fit in the space that I have for it, okay? That's where the container concept is comes in. It, I am almost never going to tell you to go buy a container. So I want you to know that that is not the end goal here, that we're not doing this process to then go find the perfect container system. Like that's actually not what I'm doing. I am just purging it down to the point where it fits in whatever I already have and then live with it for a while with just as much as I can get to easily, see easily, does, you know, is under my clutter threshold, doesn't get out of control all the time. And once I've done that, once I've lived with that for a while, I'm going to go, yeah, I actually didn't need a container here. Or, oh, you know what would be the actual container that would help me in this situation? I know for sure because I've lived with this, you know, this situation only having actually what I need. So I'm just telling you that's, that's never the end goal. Like the goal is just to purge it down to where you can handle it without some fancy system. Because here's the thing, again, not talking to the one person I know. See, that's the thing about answering questions that makes me feel funny because I, you know, I get kind of preachy and all that kind of stuff and I don't want anybody to feel like I'm talking to them, but these are all questions I get all the time. And now that I've done that, I can't remember what I was talking about. What was I saying? Do, 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 do. Okay. Well, that was embarrassing. Um, as I purge down to what fits in the container, it was super profound. And I, I, I'm just going to tell you that it was, it was going to be good. Whatever it was, was going to be so incredibly good. But that's my point is our goal here is to purge down. So once you get to the point where let's say all of your, let's just say riding toys, because, you know, there are people in this world who would, who would be like riding toys. <laughs> a child only needs one riding toy. Who has more than one riding toy? <laughs> My toddlers had um, a million because guess what? People sell them at garage sales for like three bucks. And what great mom can resist bringing home a riding toy? And when you don't have any concept of the fact that you simply do not have enough room in your home for all the stuff you think is cool, um, like me, uh, then you absolutely cannot resist that kind of stuff. So I, <clears throat> I'm just going to guess here. I don't remember exactly, but I would say it was, it's not, you know, out of the realm of possibility that at some point I had, you know, seven riding toys. And let's say that I looked for seven, I looked for my riding toys in this certain corner 
of the playroom. This is a hypothetical anyway. And so I'm putting them there as I come across them and all these random places where I found them. So I'm putting them there. And then now I go, okay. Um, yeah, seven writing toys in the corner over here. First of all, they're consolidated and it shows me that, um, this is ridiculous. We don't need seven writing toys, but it also shows me that we simply can't fit that many. Even if it's the corner of the playroom, that is a container. How many can fit here comfortably and purge down to the limits? And so that is where you accept the reality of that corner. Not, can I build a shelving system and paint it to look like an actual parking garage and then put them all on there. That's organizing. Okay. That's what I can't let myself do because I will. And then I won't be able to maintain it because of my clutter threshold. But instead saying this corner is the, um, the limit, you know, this is where I would look for it first. The size of this corner, the size of this space is the limit. And so I am going to get rid of the ones that don't fit in here. And that's where I'm allowing myself. It kind of takes that pressure off of me of choosing what's best. And instead saying, okay, it's not about whether all of these writing toys, um, you know, which ones make the best noises or whatever. It's actually about, um, which one is our favorite. If I only had room for one, which one would I keep? What's my favorite? And I put that there oh, you know what? I think I've got room for another one. Well, what's my next favorite? And then it naturally eliminates and allows me to declutter the other things. Does that make sense? Okay. So I get it down to that point. If I want to build a parking garage at some point, that's great. Y'all know that I can picture in my head what that little riding toy parking garage looks like. And if I was a different kind of blogger, I would totally build it and, but I'm not that kind of blogger. So anyway, um, but you know, it's not that I can't do that down the line, but I'm decluttering right now. And so my goal is to purge to the point where it fits in the space that I already have within the limits that already exist within my home. Because let's just be honest. If I have seven writing toys, it's either because I'm an amazing garage sailor or it's because um, I have amazing relatives who are probably amazing garage sellers or whatever and love to give my kids writing toys. So the reality is purge it down to the space that I have available right now to the limits of that space. And then if I decided to build the little, um, you know, parking garage for these cars, I could still do that. Put the two on there that I have, or maybe the three. And then I'm pretty sure I'll keep finding more writing toys to fill it up. But then once it was full to actually maintain it, I, once it was full, if I found another cooler one, I would have to get rid of one when I came home. Okay. So it's whatever you want to do, but the container concept is not about buying containers. It's about accepting the limits of the space that you already have in your home. And once you do that, then live with it and a lot of times you're going to find out you don't even need a container. But when you do decide you need a container, you're going to actually know which one will work best in your home because of that, because of you having lived with just actually what you need and the reality of that. Okay. I hope that makes sense. All right. So I want to tell you about our first sponsor who is one I use all the time. I love my audible membership. I've significantly increased my own reading by listening to audiobooks and 
I love being able to share literary experiences with my family by listening together. And now there's a new member benefit. Introducing Audible Originals. Audible members now get more, two Audible Originals and one audiobook every month. Audible Originals are exclusive audio titles created by celebrated storytellers from worlds as diverse as theater, journalism, literature, and more. Every month, Audible members get one credit good for any audiobook they choose, plus two Audible Originals from a changing selection that they can't get anywhere else. They also get access to audio fitness and health workouts created exclusively for Audible. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, which which lets you fill your fall with more books like Decluttering at the Speed of Life, my book. You can listen to me teach you how to declutter while you declutter. There's also Coming Clean by Kimberly Ray Miller, which is a memoir written by the daughter of hoarding parents, which I've recommended many times here on the podcast. Audible is offering you, my listeners, 30 days to try Audible free, which includes your choice of any audiobook plus two Audible originals on them. You can enjoy them anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, while commuting or doing chores. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Get your first audiobook free and choose two titles from a curated list of Audible originals when you try Audible for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash clean or text clean to 500-500. That's audible.com slash clean or text clean to 500-500. A-U-D-I-B-L-E dot com slash C-L-E-A-N or text C-L-E-A-N to 500-500. Okay, we have another question now that is about decluttering kids' toys, okay? Um, And just so you know, a lot of times these um, questions are nuanced, okay? So, you know, it's not that I've never talked about these things before, but I get it when you're in the moment. Sometimes you just need to, to kind of figure out how to get through your specific situation. Okay, so here is the... Um, here's the question. I desperately need to declutter my kids' toys, get rid of what they don't play with and have outgrown, but I have such a hard time with it. I hate throwing them away, money down the drain, literally. We don't really have a place to donate anything, very, very small town, and I can never manage to sell anything at garage sales or swap shops online, nor do I have the time for that. So what do I do? I have so much anxiety about just throwing away their toys. What if they miss it? She used to love playing with that when she was two. I can't just throw money in a trash bag. Can you help? Okay, so there's two different issues here. Um, There's the sentimental issue of... um, what if they miss it? She used to love playing with that when she was two. So we've got the sentimental issue and we've got the money issue. So let's talk about both of those. All right. I'll talk about sentimental first. Um, sentimental, it all comes down to the container concept, which is if you have space in your home, um, you can keep anything you have space for as long as, well, you can keep anything you want. I don't care. It's your, it's your house. But obviously this person does not want to keep the toys. Okay. So they're not wanting to, they're going crazy, having too many, but the sentimental issue is an issue. So 
like I said, it comes down to the container concept. What space do you have in your home to keep sentimental toys? Okay. Do you have storage space that you don't need for anything else that gets used on a consistent basis? You know, if you have storage space and the only stuff that you can fit in there is your Christmas decorations, then that's the only storage space you have. But if you have storage space, like a closet or something, um, an attic where you can put a box of kids toys for the future. If you guys saw toy story three, I mean, talk about making nobody ever want to declutter ever. Right. Anyway, but you know, if you've got a space available to store some kids toys, then find a box that will fit there easily that you could actually lift out of that space without having to get a forklift. Okay. But, and probably on your own without having to ask for help from family members or whatever, but you know, find a box that you could put in that space and put your favorite things in there first. And once it's full, it's full. You've already chosen your favorite things and everything else needs to go. I know that sounds like such a simple little thing. Sounds like such a simplistic answer to a heart wrenching question, but I'm telling you, letting the container do the hard work that I can't do because I'm too sentimental is so incredibly freeing. Okay. So letting that container make the hard choices. I know for sure I want this. I put it in here and, but now this is full. It's not me. It's the container. Sorry, Barbie with hair that was you know, completely shaved off by the brother or whatever. Sorry. It's not you. It's not that I think badly of you because of what happened to your hair. It's simply that I only have a limited amount of space. And so that space is going to these other things. I'm so sorry. Okay. So the sentimental thing is it helps so much to use the container concept on that. Along with that is remembering that it's okay to keep one. You know, if, if you've got, I don't know how old your kids are. Okay. Again, I'm speaking in generalities, not to a specific person, but I don't know how old your kids are, but let's, you know, you said played with that when she was two, let's say she's seven now. Okay. If you are too overwhelmed to even think about, you know, filling a box that will actually have something, have a space somewhere, you know, um, Maybe you you go, okay, let me choose one of her baby toys. What's the favorite baby toy? Because here's the thing too. Remember one baby toy in a, um, you know, put in a specific place where I'm not tripping over it because I actually have space for it. The container concept, um, one baby toy that I randomly, you know, look into that box and feel all the feelings that makes me happy. 17 baby toys in a box that I trip over and I don't have space for the things for our Christmas decorations because I'm keeping baby toys. That box is annoying. So keeping one is good. Keeping a million is not good. Okay. Keeping one produces happy feelings. Keeping a million produces bad feelings. Okay. So as I do that, maybe it's not, maybe I don't have space in the attic, but maybe I could do a small box that goes on the top of her, um, her closet shelf. And I know some people are like, well, I don't have closet shelves. I'm like, okay, well, whatever it is that you have. All right. But anyway, something that will fit there and doesn't crowd out the things that she needs to keep. Okay. Because once it 
other stuff that she needs and uses all the time crowds that out, then you have to make that decision of, is it worth, you know, is this shelf worthy? Is it container worthy? But, you know, you put in there one thing from each stage of life. Here's something from baby. Here's her favorite thing from toddler. And you go, you know, she really loved that. Um, I'm thinking of something my kids had where it was like a, a thing that they put balls in and then they went around to the floor and it made all this music. They loved that thing, but that thing was huge. So I'm going to keep that one in my head, in my memories. Instead, I'm going to choose something from that phase of life that's a whole lot smaller because the container concept. Got it? Okay. And then I choose something from this phase. You know, so you don't have to get rid of everything, but you can't keep it all. And you can only, you can only keep what fits inside your container and have the house that you are wanting enough that you're listening to a podcast called The Slob Comes Clean. Okay. So, I mean, like I have to make the assumption that you want your house to be better if you're listening to this podcast. Okay. So if you find yourself resisting, try to take a moment and go, okay, I'm stressing over this because I want my house to look better. So I need to accept some of these principles so that, um, I can get there. Okay. So, you know, this is the reality of the space that you have. So sentimental clutter, very hard. Um, Try and keep one and always, always, always default to the container concept. Always. Okay. Let me tell you about our next sponsor, Green Chef. Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that includes everything you need to easily cook delicious meals. Meal plans include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, keto, gluten-free, omnivore, and carnivore. We ordered the carnivore menu. I loved the teriyaki chicken with udon stir fry. It was delicious and used spices I've never cooked with before. Green Chef just delivered the recipes and all of the ingredients straight to my door. Green Chef expert chefs design recipes with gourmet flavor you typically only find in restaurants. Ingredients come pre-measured, perfectly portioned, and mostly prepped. With Green Chef, it's easy to maintain a specialty diet and enjoy exciting new options, which I know can be really difficult. For $50 off of your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash clean. Again, that's for $50 off your first box of Green Chef, go to greenchef.us slash clean. Okay. So we were talking specifically about using the container concept to, should I just make all my podcasts like container concept? Okay. We're done for this week container. Cause I feel like everything comes down to that. It really is a mental shift that made helped me make real progress. I mean like that was huge for me. Um, okay. But let's talk about the money issue here. Money down the drain, literally. Um, no success with garage sales, swap shops online, doesn't have the time for that. Um, all of those things mean donate. Okay. I personally have come to this point because I've tried all those things and not, you know, sometimes I would do great, but it depends on how much time I had. And other times I would put tons of time in and not do great anyway. So I finally came to the point where I donate, but donating is an issue for, you because of the small, small town. So I live a a very, very small town. I live in a small town, not a very, very small town. So I do understand 
that it can be frustrating when friends of mine will mention that, um, they get calls or, you know, cards three times a week from different places that are willing to pick up their clutter. I mean, I understand. I get jealous of that too. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm like, that's not fair. I don't have stuff like that here because I don't, we don't have recycling where I am. I mean, it's just the reality of where you live is where you live. Okay. Um, but it's not the only, if you legitimately have no place to donate, throwing away is not the only option. So here are some different options. First of all, I would say as far as donating, my number one advice is to get on Facebook and I got this message through Facebook. So I absolutely know for sure that this person's on Facebook, get on Facebook and ask the question, Hey, local friends, where do you donate your kids old toys? Because I'm going to tell y'all something for someone like me, I, (laughs) I used to fear that if I was to ask something like that, everyone would know how cluttered my house was like that. I don't know. That would stop me. I was, I was just like, well, I don't want to bring it up. If I say that I have toys to donate, they're going to know my deep, dark secret of how messy my house is. And so I just, am going to, you know, try to figure it out on my own. But can I tell you something? The people whose homes are under control all the time, the people that you feel jealous of because they don't have this issue, I'm telling you, they know where to donate uh, toys and clothes and everything. These people know how to get rid of their stuff. And they're going to have answers for you. There will probably be some answers that don't work for you. Oh, I load them up and drive an hour over to such and such town and I donate over there or, oh, blah, blah, blah. But there is a really good chance that somebody's going to say, hey, such and such church just announced that they're having a garage sale. You could go donate that. Um, hey, um, I'm having a garage sale, you know, just come in, you know, put them in with mine. Y'all, I have honestly before told friends, um, when I found out they were having a garage sale, I was like, Hey, you want my stuff? You can have all the money for it. I don't even care. You keep all of the money as long as you get rid of the leftovers. Cause they were going to do that anyway. Okay. And I've had friends who were like, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and who knows, maybe they made an extra 20, $30 because of my stuff that came in. But Look for those opportunities, put that out there and you're going to find out what people in your area do, because I guarantee you, I can't guarantee that they're going to see the post on the day that you post it and blah, 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 because Facebook algorithms, but I guarantee you there are people in your town who know how to get rid of their kids' toys. And I'm, I'm just saying, be willing to do that. And, and if you put on there, Hey, how do you get rid of your kids' toys? Yes, there could be a friend who knows what your house looks like, who makes a snide comment. Okay, I'm not going to say that can't happen. But the reality is those people who know how to get rid of their toys and therefore have homes that are under control are going to think that that is the most normal question they've ever heard. Like they're not even going to think twice about it. They're going to be like, oh yeah, just go to such and such or call so-and-so. They'll come and pick it up and take it to, um, you know, the local daycare or whatever. I mean, it 
it's amazing. And then toys, especially toys, you know, there are church nurseries, there are daycares. Now I personally am a big fan of just donating, donating it to one place that will take everything, but maybe that truly isn't an option. But, um, you know, there, there are probably, well, there are people who know how to get rid of toys. I can guarantee you that. Okay. So ask them first. That's the number one thing to do. Um, I think I actually said my other stuff too, in like volunteer to, you know, give them to somebody who's having a garage sale. Um, that kind of stuff. Other things too, to do is on these swap groups, um, offer it for free. You know, I mean, there, that does not always work, but sometimes what it can do is it's a mental shift that happens when you offer it for free. Cause you were going to donate it anyway. And there's probably somebody out there who loves selling this kind of stuff and who does drive an hour to sell it back to whatever, let them earn that money. They are doing you a service to come pick up those toys from your house. Right. I mean, that's how I view somebody, anybody who takes my clutter away, you are doing me a service. Okay. So they, um, you know, just put out there, Hey, um, you know, two large boxes full of kids toys must take all, you know, let them have it. Just, just do that. Let them take that out of there. Um, and, um, because it sounded like it was trying to sell things on those things that had not gone well and you don't have the time. Oh, here, here's the other thing too, that the mental shift that happens. If you put toys out there and you go, anybody want these for free? I have done this before. I've put stuff out for free and thought, wow, I am really being an amazing person. Someone is going to be so blessed by this. And that's basically all due to me. (sighs) Okay. And I hit publish and I think, I am such a good person. I'm so nice to just give this away for free. And then nobody wants it. Maybe even somebody tags a friend and says, hey, do you want these for your kids? And they're like, nah, we got too many toys as it is. Nobody wants my stuff. And then all of a sudden I have a shift in my brain that makes me go, okay, well, I can just throw these away because nobody wants these things. You know, and it changes my perception of the value of these items that before seemed like they were too valuable for me to um, be willing to just get rid of. Okay. So, um, you know, the other thing too, one thing that we do, and this is more likely to be okay in a small town. I know with my in-laws, when we cleaned out their house uh, a year or so, I guess it's been I don't know. It was the whole last year that we were cleaning out their house. But anyway, as we were cleaning out their house, you know, they lived up in Dallas. They lived, um, like where it was, you know, like Dallas, Dallas, actual Dallas. And they, um, had all these rules for what they could put out and when they could put out and how much they could put out and all that kind of stuff. And it made me go, whew, I love my small town. I can put anything out there I want. And so, you know, one of the things that we've done when we have something that we're like, this really, this is really something nice. Somebody really could use this. Well, we put it out on the curb like a day before trash. And a lot of times this man in a red pickup truck comes by and picks it up and he goes and sells it. And I'm like, Hey, you're doing me a service. You took the guilt away and you took the stuff away. But you know what else happens sometimes? He comes by, looks at it, and doesn't take it because it's that worthless, even though we thought it was awesome, or it's too big. And he's like, yeah, that'd be too much for me to get out 
you know, for me, too much hassle. Um, I don't know what he actually says. I imagine all these things that he's saying in his head, but, um, and then the trash people will take it when they come. Okay. So if you, you know, the, a lot of times smaller towns are a little more lenient about what they will take in trash. And so sometimes that's, that's helpful, but, um, but anyway, my point is, you know, putting it out there a day early, you know, we used to do that when I lived in Thailand, we would, I mean, we would purposely like our boxes of nice stuff that we just needed to get rid of, um, you know, because we were moving back to the States or whatever and just couldn't take it with us. Um, we would put it in the, the, um, trash room or whatever that was on our floor of our apartment building. And we'd usually put it over in a corner. So it wasn't touching actual trash. That was what we tried to do. But I mean, I, I mean, the minute we would, we would do that, and then we'd go back in, our, back in our apartment for a little while. And then we'd be leaving an hour or so later. And there were a bunch of people just going through all of it. I mean, like trying stuff on in the hallway. And I'm like, hey, if that's how people want to get stuff, great. You know, the issue here, if you're not willing to throw it away because you feel like you're throwing money down the drain, is this an issue of it just being money that you're throwing in the trash? Or is it your money? Hey, the other thing, too, that I have said so many times Oh, did that sound, that sounded preachy. That's that was too much, too preachy, but I do. I, this is my advice I give. Okay. When money is your major hangup, if money is your major hangup and you just can't not sell it, but selling it is too hard or you, it's just too daunting. You don't know how to do it. Pick the one thing that you are the surest is the most valuable and go through the process of selling that one thing either on eBay or whatever. If you will go through the process of selling that one thing, you're going to find out either that selling it is not that bad. And this is actually kind of fun to have this money instead of this stuff. And I'm going to do this. Oh, that's what you do to do that. Or you're going to sell it and go, okay, that was a whole lot of work for not much money. And I don't have time for that. And it changes your perspective and makes you more willing to just set it on the curb. Okay. You can also set it on the curb and put something out in Facebook groups that says, Hey, I put a bunch of toys out on my curb. Trash comes tomorrow. Um, you know, come get them. They're free. If you want them first come for serve, I'm not holding for nobody. Don't ask, don't not anyway. Um, whatever you want to say, but, but that kind of stuff, um, cause the goal is to get it out of there because here's the thing. This, this message had a very desperate tone and I have felt that desperation and I get it. So something has to change. Okay. So try some of these things to help you help you do that. Okay. I hope this has been helpful. Um, I enjoy you guys and I enjoy getting your questions and I hope I still get questions after I think it was pretty preachy today, but anyway, I thought it was last week that I was preachy because I didn't have a microphone and I could move my hands. Um, but no, maybe it's just a mood that I'm in lately. Lucky y'all. Anyway, um, if you would like super non-judgmental support, um, you can become a patron over at patreon.com slash a slob comes clean. Those patrons at the $5 or more, or more, cause like you could do a hundred dollars a month if you wanted to at the $5 or more level per month. Um, get uh, one of the perks of being a patron at that level is getting invited to my super secret Facebook group where the people are lovely and supportive and helpful to, of one another. So, okay. 
That's patreon.com slash this hop comes clean. So go visit our sponsors and I will talk to you guys next week.